Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. to the book of Psalms. to pass something, Brother Nova Gabangu, if he can raise his hand. Uh, he has just been coming here. He's originally from Congo, but he was at a church in Medlebeck, so he just said he wants to be part of this fellowship. Amen. Amen. Now, okay. 
It reads in this manner, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up. Yeah, that means he found you in the lower heights and took you to the higher heights. Amen. And has not made my foes to rejoice over me. He will not shame you. He will not abandon you. Verse 3. Or verse 2. Oh Lord, O oh Lord my God. I cried unto thee. And thou hast healed me. He's already done it, brethren. It's a done deal itself. Amen. Even those that go for operation, he has already done it. Our Lord is a healer. O oh Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. There are many graves. Many graves. Thou hast kept me alive. That I should not go, I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord. O ye saints of his. And give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment. And in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night. By joy cometh in the morning. It will never be the night forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's got to be a dawning of a new day. Amen. The trial is not forever. Isaiah 60, before I allow you to sit down, verse 1 and 2. All right. Use mine or yours. Mine is better when people are sitting down. Isaiah 60 from your software, verse 1 and 2. All right. Arise, shine. Amen. Arise, Mzalwani. Amen. And do what? Arise and that's the scripture. Don't arise and be gloomy. Arise and shine. Amen. For thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. 
How many believe the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee? Amen. God bless you, Brother Francisco. Good to see you. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, this morning as mortals, our heads are bowed down to the dust from which we came. But our souls are looking up to you from where we came. And this morning we approach your throne of grace. May you be gracious to us, dear God, and undertake this morning. And Lord, we pray, even those that are traveling because of the school holidays, may the angel of the Lord take over the steering wheels, that they reach their destination uh, safely. And even those that are here, dear God, uh, requests have been prayed over. I'm just here to say thank you for answering those requests. Even before they were formulated, you knew about them and you were responsive to them. And that's why we can bring thanksgiving to you. You are such a good God. It's indisputable. There's just so much evidence that we can point at and say our God is a good God. Even the devil, if we were to speak about your goodness, time won't do justice. We need to, dear God, the entire eternity to speak about your goodness. Even in the midst of our difficulty, you are such a good God. There's one thing that Satan will never do, is to remove a praise of a believer from a believer. A praise of a believer and the believer is inseparable. And dear God, we praise you during all the seasons. The good seasons, the bad seasons, the challenging seasons, the blessed seasons, all seasons, you are our God. And so, dear God, now we just want to commit the reading of the weight to you and take for us as we commit everything to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly while you take your seats and I remain standing. Amen. We appreciate the Lord. Uh, my family is back tomorrow. I was just, the other time during the week, I was cleaning the house. Uh, thoroughly cleaning. <laughs> and then, then I had taken out the, the, the trash to the trash bin into the black plastics. And then, then I came into the house now. I wanted to quickly go out, but I can't find the car keys. Yo, I looked all over. So as I was looking, I realized that if they were around here, they were going to help me look together. Now, something said, maybe you might have put it into the plastics and put it outside. Maybe somebody came to search and took the key. Yo, I was going up and down, shaking all over. Until finally, after I relaxed, then, but I remember what uh, Pastor Ngorima once said. He said, when something is lost, it's not only, it's not lost, it's just lost in your mind. Uh, then I took a seat, then I began to think. Then something said, the jacket that you were wearing yesterday, then I went there, I found them. <laughs> Amen. But uh, when sisters are not around, we clean. 
I think that was the key message. Yeah, man. You don't stay in the house that looks like there was a bomb explosion. No, dishes must be... Me, I can't sleep when dishes are in the zinc. I, 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 I didn't get amen. Dishes in the zinc makes my bed uncomfortable. There must never be dishes in the zinc. The kitchen must be spotless and be clean. Then you sleep peacefully. But even if you've got emergency and people come uh, in the wee hours of the morning, you are not ashamed because you cleaned the house before you went to sleep. Cleanness is next to? Cleanness is, no? Cleanness is next to? Amen. Somebody was saying, yeah, at that church, lighthouse, the people there, it looks like they've got money. I said, no, they don't have money. They are just clean. It doesn't cost money to be clean. Hallelujah. Amen. I wish you get, I'm not on cleaners. Don't be scared. I want to speak about the dawning of a new day. Amen. The dawning of the new day is what I want to speak about. I like it when the psalmist says, uh, weeping may endure for a night. Hallelujah. But joy cometh in the morning. And Isaiah comes to back him up. He says, arise and shine, for thy light is come. Amen. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And as the darkness is covering the whole earth, his glory shall be seen upon us. Amen. Now, maybe, brother, let's bring this quotation just to put our foundation. In the message, the end sign, paragraph 7, the prophet says, when he speaks about Job, and I was... I was battling to say, what am I going to title this message? Uh, almost said, maybe I need to, to title it, pre-trial, during trial, and post-trial. That was how I wanted to phrase it, but uh, God just dropped it in my heart and said, the dawning of the new day. Amen. Now, Brother Bram speaks about Job when he was going through a trial. And because most of people, you know, the new religion of today does not believe that you must have a trial. They think it must be good, good all the time. That's not a Christian religion. Christianity, it's a battle. But it's not a battle all the time. There are times where we overcome and celebrate. Amen. And move you. You know, David didn't fight Goliath for all his life. You've got to fight him, overcome him, and move on to the next challenge. Amen. So he says uh, in this message, in sign, he says, many times people say, see, all that sickness in that family, I told you, they're not living right. Hallelujah. That's the other people's perception of uh, a trial. They look maybe a family, a sickness strikes the family, and say, see all that sickness in that family. I told you, they are not living right. 
Hallelujah. Some people believe that you go through the trial because you are not living right. I beg to differ. Now he says, now God does do that sometime, but not every time is God doing that. Because God here was dealing with a saint, Job. A trying and proving of a saint. And every man that cometh to God must first be tried of God. And if you can't stand the chastisement, then you become a legitimate child and not the child of God. Trials to try our faith. Isn't that marvelous? God would give us those trials and tests to prove us. Amen. Every believer must be proven. I say every believer must be proven. And every trial must come to the believer to test your, your DNA, to test your, your pedigree. But despite the challenges and despite the trials that you may face, you know, Romans 8, verse 35, Paul speaks something there. <clears throat> he says, who shall separate us from the love of God? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Who shall separate us from the love of God? It's a question. Hallelujah. Malumi says no one here. And even me, I say no one. Even Putin cannot separate us from the love of God. Uh, Then he says, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sort. And he says, nothing, hallelujah, can separate us from the love of God. There will be tribulation, there will be distress, there will be persecution, there will be famine, there will be nakedness, there will be peril, there will be a sword. But none of those things can separate a believer from the love of God. Hallelujah. We are inseparable from the love of God. Amen. Now, in the message, the reproach and the cause of the weight, the prophet in paragraph 81, he says, And God sets a time and has a purpose for everything that he does. God has a time and a purpose for everything that he does. There is nothing happens just accidentally to those who love the Lord. There is nothing that happens accidentally to those who love the Lord. Everything is pre-planned. Everything is pre-purposed. Everything is pre-known when it comes to those that love the Lord. Hallelujah. And it says nothing happens just accidentally to those who love the Lord and are called according to his calling. See, we are predestinated and everything works just right for that. Because he cannot lie. God cannot lie. He said that so that everything has its time and season. Everything has got its time and season. Even your trial has got its time and it's got its season. And you had much better say, this trial is not eternal. It may have been around for 30 years, but it's not eternal. As it began, it shall end. Hallelujah. He said that that's so that everything has its time and its season. 
and it has its way. And God is behind every move. God is behind every move. What does it mean? It means that we have no room to, to credit anything to the devil. Even if anything goes wrong, say, God, I know it will go. You knew that it will go wrong. Hallelujah. And sometimes you think that everything is going wrong. Hallelujah. It's up to us. These things are put upon us. Trials and wanderings. It's testing to see how we will react on an action. Hallelujah. When Job was going through that, God was looking, the devil was looking, and God was looking at what the reaction will be. Satan was looking, what will the reaction be? And the reaction of Job shamed the devil. And I say, your reaction will shame the devil. God is watching what you are going through. The devil is watching what you are going through. And there are moments where the devil cannot speak to you. There are times where God cannot speak to you. You are going through this trial. And they are looking at each other and they are looking at you. But God in his heart, he said, that's my child. I know my child. Even though I don't have the message for my child, but my child knows that in the midst of silence, I am still his or her God in the midst of the silence. Oh, we are the kind of people that can trust God when he does nothing. We are the kind of people that trust God even when he says nothing. Even when he speaks nothing, we trust that our God, he is still God and he loves us. Yes, this is difficulty, but he loves me. He molded, he shaped me. And that makes the devil to be ashamed. Are you still with me? I hope we are together. So everything has got a time. That's why the night is, not, is never forever. He carries on on the same message, my brother. He says, are we still there? Amen. Amen. Now he says, oh, this is a different title. Is there anything hard for the Lord? Paragraph 4. He says, now, we see in the first chapter, in the part, first part of this chapter, it speaks before Abraham, when Abraham received Melchizedek, when he received the three angels and one was God himself. He gives a background before the visit could take place. Now, we see in the first part of this chapter, Abraham was sitting in the door of his tent on a real hot day. The weather was unfavorable. It must have been, been a very hot day. Perhaps a lot of complaints had been coming in lately by the headsmen that the grass was all gone. The land was drying up. And that the cattle was becoming very thin. And also that the water supply was just about all gone. They had found the water holes in the land and as the water got low, they would dig out and dig out till they got to where the water was seeping through the rocks. And still the cattle did not have enough water to supply them. He paints a picture before Melchizedek came, what was happening. Let's carry on in the second slide. And this is where I need you to capture it. You know, sometimes when things are going wrong, dark, we spoke about the night. When things are going wrong, dark. 
we know by nature that it's darkest just before day. And many times when we see disastrous things happening like that, especially to believers, we must bear this in our mind, that it's Satan trying to block the blessing. Are you here this morning, church? You see, he paints a picture of what happened before a blessing came their way. Now, 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 uh, maybe, maybe before I even finish this quotation, your trial is a sign of a blessing that is coming. Yes. The evidence of the blessing that is coming is a trial. Hallelujah. Yes. Now, he, he say, then Satan is trying to block the blessing that's, that's on its way. That was very much so in this case. Satan was trying to tempt them to feel that they had done wrong and was trying to block the oncoming visitation that God was going to give to Abraham and Sarah. He knew about the oncoming visitation, but he wanted to block it. He knew about the blessing that was coming, but he wanted to block it. But I want to say, if a blessing, if everything is predetermined and everything is predestinated, your blessing is predetermined, your blessing is predestinated, and the devil cannot stop it. Ah, this one, I want you to hear me. And the devil will not block it. There are certain things that are orchestrated by God. Hallelujah. Hell cannot stop them. Devils cannot stop them. Demons cannot stop them. No spirit can stop them. They will come because everything happens in a season. Hallelujah. And if the season of your trial is over, the devil cannot prolong it. Everything that he does, he does it by jurisdiction, by permission. God tells him you will start here and you will end up here. He cannot go beyond that point. Because why God knows your capacity and God knows the threshold of your resiliency and he knows that if I can push over things for much longer, you're going to disintegrate. And our loving God, the more, the more you come under the intensity of the trial, is the more he capacitates you. Now, you know, life works in this way where people will look at somebody next to them and say, ah, this one, Numaganjan does not have a trial. Everyone has got a trial. Even the person that you admire and envy, they've got a trial. Are you still with me? And actually, there is no renowned man or no man of substance or no woman of substance that has ever lived a meaningful life without being baked through the trials of life. Are you still with me? Yeah, the person that you admire, be in their shoes for a day, you will really say, excuse me, I did not know what you were dealing with because everyone has got their own trial and your trial has got your DNA. You, you can't avoid your trial. It comes to you. Yeah. It's meant for you. It is designed for you. Yeah. And when God wants to take you through that passage, he can take you alone. Yeah. I say he can take you alone. Yeah. When God wants you to himself, he really can set you aside and deal with you and process you in the manner that he sees fit. 
until no one can intervene. Doctors cannot intervene. Specialists cannot. But God wants his, your attention. Are you still with me? But when, when, when that is happening, there is one thing that I know. No believer will ever be defeated. Uh, that's in my script. No believer shall ever be defeated. It does not matter what you go through. It doesn't matter how it pans out. It has never been found in the Holy Scriptures where a believer was defeated. Are you still with me? And when you go through the trial, that's when you build your faith muscles. Because faith knows no defeat. I say faith knows no defeat. And brothers say faith knows no difficulty. And faith knows no quitting. It goes against the odds. And say, I still believe. And keeps on pushing. Hallelujah. I hope we are together. Now, bring another one here, brother. Then he says, in the message, the first, paragraph 33, he says, like Paul describes as a, in Romans seven twenty one, when I would do good, then evil is near. Yeah. Hallelujah. Are you here? Yes, when I would do good, evil is near. Then it says, when you try, did you ever have that inexperience? Have that inexperience? Christians, that's when you are trying to do something that's worthwhile. Go to make an effort to do something that's good. Then you find out that there is the devil on every hand just to upset you. I'm talking to you in your personal life. You want to do good, but the evil is here. Hallelujah. And every devil wants to upset that what you want to do. That's one good thing. He says, I would like to say this, that the Christians might know that when, when you are starting to do something and there is something always trying to upset you in doing it, what do you do? What do you do, folks? You do it what? I'm talking to you in your personal life. There are things that you want to do, but when you want to do them, the devil causes a storm. The devil upsets your programs. The devil comes and causes a storm. Until such time you begin to doubt yourself and as well doubt God. But this morning I say, whenever you want to do something worthwhile and the devil wants to upset you, you don't quit. You keep on doing it. Are you here, church? He says, that's the devil there trying to keep you from doing what's right. Hallelujah. Let's carry on. Next quotation. He says, now many times I meet people that's prone to a little nervous. When they find out that they are trying to do something and everything is just blocking it off or blocking it off on both sides, they say it might not be the will of the Lord. Now, don't let the devil lie to you like that. Church, are you here this morning? 
are they, have you ever tried to do something and it just gets blocked? You try to, it gets blocked. You do this, it gets blocked. Until you, 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 you recede or you retreat and begin to say, maybe it's not the will of the Lord. How many of us have abandoned so many things in our lives, in our family, because we just found resistance? And the next thing is the devil that comes to tell you is not the will of the Lord. But Brother Bram say, don't let the devil lie to you like that. Are you with me? I hope once we are done with this message, no man is going to quit on anything. Are you with me? Things that you want to do, you're going to go and do them. Battles that you are fighting, you're going to win them. Anything that you are going through, you're going to overcome them. I want to build a certain a sense of indignation in you. You know, when you get to a point, say, it can be done. Amen. Come with another one, brother. Amen. Is it frozen? Or is it being Lord shared it? All right, that's right. It says the first thing, because the devil will tell you that somebody is lying to you. It will lie and say it's not the will of the Lord. Folks, is the will of the Lord for you to be healthy? It is the will of the Lord for you to be happy. It is the will of the Lord for you to overcome. Are you with me? You must understand what is the will of the Lord. Then it says the first thing is find out whether it's the will of God or not. Then if you want to know whether it's the will of the Lord, look into the Bible. And when you look into the Bible, if there is no one scripture against it, if there is no one scripture against it, if there is one scripture against it, leave it. But if there is no one scripture against it, do it. Are you with me? There is the thing that sets you straight. It's the word of God then if you see is the weight of God for you to do it, you do it. Why am I taking time to labor on this? It's because the devil would want to put you in a limbo. In a limbo where, where, where you are here, but you are afraid to go over there, and you are even afraid to, you are afraid to move in your position. Are you with me? You can't go forward, and even you can't go backward. He loves that stagnation. Because when you are stagnant, when you are caught up between two things, that's when he can plant doubts in your mind. Are you with me? But this morning I say, Gates are open. If there is no one scripture against it, move forward. And folks, stop, stop playing your failures in your mind. And imagine failures that have not had happened. And imagine diseases that have not had happened. Even if they discover a new sickness next week, there is already a cure for it. 
Are you with me? Whatever problem that you're going to face, the solution is already found. You, Moses, why cry? Tell the people, speak the way, and march forward. God is looking for the people that can march forward. Because stagnation would make you stink. Are you with me? Now, let's come to this one, perseverance, my brother. He says, paragraph 1442, if thou canst believe, now to achieve anything, you've got to set a goal. Is that the message, literature? Now, to achieve anything, you've got to set a goal and say, this I believe, and tie yourself to it, and keep drawing and moving closer to it, and knowing that you have is there, and knowing there is something there that you are coming to. Uh, the, the message discourages a goalless life. You must have a goal. And something that you're going to tie yourself to, something that you're going to say, this I believe. And you keep on working and working and getting closer and closer to it. And when we say goal, goals are many things. One of the goals could be, I want to have a happy family. It may be your goal and say, no matter how many battles that I win, I lose. But this battle, I will not lose. Yeah. So when you are a believer, there must be certain battles that are non-negotiable yeah. that you must win at all costs. Yeah. Are you still with me? Yeah. Yes, there are certain battles. I mean, if you lose your job with there, if you, you can say it's not a big thing. But there are certain things that um, they must be must-win battles. And say, when it comes to this area, it's a no-go area. Yeah. Are, you, are you still with me, folks? Yeah. You know, even when you get into companies, as you move around, there are certain doors that say, staff only. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter how big a customer you are. But there, only, staff only. So in your life, there are certain doors where you must say, staff only. Yeah. The devil cannot access those doors. Are you still with me? And you put a barricade there and say, the devil, you cannot go beyond this. And the moment the devil goes there, then he knows he's in trouble. Are you with me, church? It can take many shapes, many forms. But what I'm simply saying is that the devil must know that you're not a walkover. The devil must know you're not a walkover. You may not be a preacher, but you're not a walkover. There are certain lines that the devil must never cross. There are certain things that the devil must never touch. And when they get touched, it just ignites something in you to fight. A believer must have a fight in their belly. Are you with me? Are you still with me? Perseverance, paragraph 44. He says, well, 
That's the way faith is. Faith is the boss. During the darkest night, where things are uncertain, during the darkest night, where anxiety levels are skyrocketing, during the darkest time, where you don't know where the answer will come from, faith is your answer. When the doctors look at you and they shake their heads, folks, let me tell you something. Even doctors have got limitations. I say doctors have got limitations. Even their machines have got limitations. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was telling a sister, things to a sister's concern about this couple that their son was in the hospital and they had done run some tests on a machine. And the doctor told them that this boy won't make it. He's sick. He's way too sick. But the prophet somewhat made an arrangement to slip into that ward room. And when he got there, he prayed for the boy. And after he prayed for the boy, he said to the parents, your boy is going to be well. And he left the room. After he left the room, the boy got worse. It's amazing. Every time you are about to get an answer, things get worse. Hallelujah. Then the machine pointed that things are going south, things are becoming worse. But the father in the, in the room with the mother, they kept on going up and down and said, praise be to God for the healing of our boy. May his name be glorified. You are a healer. You are a great physician. As they were going up and down. Now, the nurse observed that they were disconnected from reality. Reality is that the boy is dying. Then the the nurse said, I think you don't understand what's going on. Say, look at the machine. When the graph is like this, it shows that things are worse. And if it keeps on moving this way, he's dying. Then the the father looked at the, the nurse and say, my daughter, I don't blame you. You were trained to look at this instrument. You know how this instrument operates. But I have never been trained on this instrument. Did you see that man that came in? He's another instrument. Although this instrument says this boy is dying, but that other instrument says my son shall live. And I'm looking at that instrument. And in no time, the son became better. That's why this man I say, what are you looking at? Faith will overlook the symptoms. Faith will overlook the conditions. Faith is the boss. And faith can change things. It can change the machine. It can change the doctor's report. It can change whatever diagnosis that is there. I say faith can change everything. And this morning, we are the product of faith. Folks, the devil wants you to be anxious. I think I was talking to Brother uh, David Manaso because the wife was in the hospital and it took some time for several days and I could sense that he was anxious. Then I said to him, young man, let me know when the baby arrives. Hallelujah. 
you hear the statement, let me know when? I don't, I don't care what happens between now and then. I don't care whether high blood pressure goes up. But tell me when? Because the faith says he, she's coming. Are you still with me? So when you are going through a dark tunnel, don't concentrate on the tunnel. There is that light at the end of the tunnel. Focus, how will it be once I'm done with this trial? Because the devil wants us to be caught up in the moment and sink in the moment. Well, that's the way faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. As long as you set your faith on it, then anchor to it. You are coming to it. No matter if you can't see it and not, and not you know it's there anyhow. Hallelujah. You are tugging at it. It's pulling you. Any man. Any man. That's ever done anything worthwhile. Has set a goal. Do you see the quotation, folks? Then, being persistent. Why is perseverance needed? If anyone can do, do it, then it's not special. Amen. Folks, if we were to give a time and say, let's talk about a testimony. And someone say, you know, I just woke up this morning and came to church. That's not a testimony. Everybody can do that. Are you with me? A testimony is something that happens outside your comfort zone. A testimony is something that is paradoxical. It's incredible, but yet it's true. Are you with me? And any man that has ever done anything worthwhile has set a goal, then has been persistent, perseverant to make that great man. And I say it applies in every sphere of life. Even when it comes to matters of faith, you cannot make it into the wall of fame as per Hebrews 11 unless you have done something outstanding. Amen. There must be something that you do that stands out. There must be a condition that you are able to overcome. And today, God is rewriting the Bible again. And he's looking for the characters of today Conditions are there, are still the same, but he's looking for the people that can rewrite the Bible in 2020. How are they going to do it? They're going to have faith, and they're going to persevere. They're going to have goals, and they're going to go after their goals, and no matter what, they will not fail. Church, do you understand that if you fail, God has failed? If you fail, God has failed. Your, your reputation, I've said it many years, this, your reputation is not at stake. Yeah. It's God's reputation that is at stake. Yeah. You set a goal. You speak about that goal. Hallelujah. Yeah. It doesn't matter, even if you've got a weak heart and they say it cannot carry on, forget about it. Yeah. He can give you a new heart. Yeah. All you need to say, you need to testify. Yeah. My God is a creator. My heart is weak, but he will give me a new heart. 
they're going to laugh about it. They're going to make mockery about it. But keep on praising God. And say, he will give me a new heart. And one day, he will give you a new heart. Come on, church. Are you the kind of believer that can glorify God about miracles that have not yet happened? About victories that are yet to be attained? In the midst of the night, you say, I know I will overcome. I know I've already been healed. I know there is a way out of this situation. Praise be to God. Are you with me, church? Brother Ben say it's tacking. It has to anchor because her faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The evidence that you've got it, it's your faith. And say, brother, I already have it. And they say, show us. It's like, I can't show you, but I know I've got it. How did you access it? By faith, I've accessed it. And we are looking for believers that can do those supernatural shifts. The devil has designed a certain trajectory for you. You will move from here to there, from there to there. But you say, I will not follow the devil's GPS. My life is not ordered by the devil. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. The devil tells you you're going to die. I always refuse. I am so happy to defy and deny every message from the devil. If you say you're going to die, say, I'm going to live. If you say you're going to be sick, say, I'm going to be healthy. You are a believer, folks. I say you are a believer. I hope we are together. Now, before I come to the next quotation, brother, at night, that's when things become rough. Even you go to the casualty, you find that it gets packed at night. A person that was sick during the day becomes worse at night. Because the devil knows that Help is limited at night. You try the pastor, his own voice made. You try the doctor, is ringing. And you're alone. And the body tells you that I'm about to, give, to face. What do you do in the middle of the night when you cannot get help? But the Bible says weeping, hallelujah, may endure at night, but joy comes in the morning. What gives you confidence is that only if I can make it to the next day. Hallelujah. You do your own home remedies just to carry you through the night. Because you're waiting to make sure that during the day I will get help. But uh, somewhat as the night progresses and before the breaking of the day, things become even worse. Hallelujah. Now, now it's deliberate. I mean, I'm speaking here the natural types, the spiritual. Even you, you can be going through your darkest night. Things don't make sense. Things don't add up. Plans don't fall into place. It's frustrations and frustrations after you're overwhelmed. I want you've got anxiety, high blood pressure shoots up, 
heart palpitations because there's pressure. Let me say this to you. It will not always be like that. It will not always be like that. That thing takes place for a season. It has time allocated for it. Why? It is to test your resilience. It's to test your character. It's to make you have a testimony. Because you cannot have a testimony unless there is a battle. You are coming under that squeeze because it's a character building process. Are you still with me? And as you are going through it, mark my ways, a new day is about to break. But it gets darker before the breaking of the new day. Let me remind you, even the world on its own is going through the darkest time. The world is under squeeze. The world is experiencing birth pains. Look what happened in the Eastern Cape where 22 teenagers perished in one night in a tavern. It was heartbreaking to hear of a mother that said, as soon as she saw the news on Sunday morning, she rushed to her daughter's room because she wanted to, she had denied her to go that night. So she wanted to go and say, do you see why I do not want you to go? When she gets there, the room is empty. And when she follows up, she's one of the people, one of the teenagers that died. And uh, I was in Port Elizabeth in a township called Zwide, visiting Pastor Hosanna. We were coming from church around about 11 at night. The street was full of teenagers. And I say, have they been dropped off by a bus? What's going on? He says, that is the way it is here. 15, 14, they are in a tavern consuming alcohol. One that was a survivor says, as soon as I woke up, he said, while looking for help, I don't know what she was looking for. They gave a, a savannah. What is the world going through? The world is going through birth pains. Are you with me? Brother Bram said, when you see an old man with a white hair, it's a sign that it's a generation passing and there's another generation coming. He said, this world is experiencing birth pains. And it says, like a woman who's experiencing birth pains, as soon as she gives birth, she doesn't concentrate on the pains that were there. She holds the baby and rejoices and forgets about the birth pains. So I am saying, we are going, whether you like it or not, this world has lost a sense of equilibrium. Things are going worse and worse. But yet we are here as believers. But I am convinced and absolutely convicted that we will not be affected. Because why? There is a token in the land. And we can apply that token in the land and say, not my child, not my family, not my marriage, not me. You as a believer, you must say that. The whole world economy went into a tailspin before or during COVID, even post-COVID. Economies shedding jobs on daily basis. Men are being called in the office. What do you call section what? What section what? One? One eighty-nine. 
is the most horrible section that any breadwinner can hear of. Is when they're announcing the company. Section 189, retrenchment. First in, first out. Or last in, first out. LIFO. Not FIFO, LIFO. You get what I mean? Now you are a, a breadwinner. You know, you know why? When a man has been retrenched, the target is not the job. No, it's not the job. It's the family. It's the children. It's to rob him of an ability to say to the daughter, no, it cannot be done. Because today, how do you control a child that you don't provide for? You can't buy her phone, but a twisted blesser down the road can buy her a 30,000 phone. She carries a, a phone that is more expensive than your car. How are you going to be able to father such child? It doesn't happen instantly. It starts by dad losing the job. And finances now are not in order. Then there is pressure. The dad's self-esteem is compromised. He can't make decisions. He can't stand firm. And things go haywire. You know what I'm talking about? Now... When we say, may God protect the jobs of our brothers, it's not just a statement. We know the repercussions of losing that. And we know what the devil will do by losing that. Are you still with me? I say the whole world has been affected. And I am convinced that the entire thing of COVID and all the commotion that you have seen the target is the bride. Yes. The target is to bring disruption. First, to the family life, to the church life, and to the individual life. And there's just pressure. People are going through a squeeze. But you've got to persevere. Hallelujah. Because any man that has ever done anything worthwhile set a goal and has been persistent and persevering to make that great man. Are you with me? Now, let's come to this quotation, brother, in the message, Shalom. Brother Brenham says, in the message, Shalom, paragraph 232, it says, the dawning of a new day. I feel it all over me now. The light of a new day. The light of a day where there is no night. There is no darkness. No shadows. No sky. We, we, are, we are on the verge of that. Hallelujah. The, the, the troubles of this world are about to pass by. Yes, Our headaches and heartaches are about to pass by. Yes, 
We are right at the finishing line of winning this trophy, folks. If you have been in the message for a long time, you have waited for the rapture, this is the rapture season. This is the resurrection season. Now you say, I feel it. I like it when I say, I feel it all over me now. The light of a new day. The light of a day where there is no night. There is no darkness. No shadows. No skies to, di- not to dim the sky. No midnights. No graves. No flowers on the hillside. F- folks, have you seen people are dying in recent time? In, just in the last two weeks, I have heard of few people that just went to bed and never woke up. They were fine. They call it the sudden death syndrome. You can be as fine as you can be, but go to bed and never wake up. I'm not scaring you. I'm preaching in a, a church where believers believe. I'm not scaring you. But I'm saying death should not scare us because we are on the verge of a breaking of a new day. Where death will not have a hold of our body. No midnight. No graves. No flowers on the hillsides. No funeral processions. No doctors. No mock. I can feel the rays of his light breaking through upon my soul. The new day. The old one is pressing away. Hallelujah. The old one where it's characterized by death is going away. You are sick, but there's coming a time where you will not be sick anymore. You are despondent, but there's coming a time where you will not be despondent anymore. Yes, you've got a loved one in the grave, but there's coming a time where graves will open up. Yes, we have gone through this midnight for a long time, but as we are about to cross over into the new day, there is a conglomeration of darkness. Look at the news. Today, if you've got anxiety, leave the news. I advise you, leave the news. It's an anxiety trigger. It's a depression trigger. Because things that we read about is negativity after negativity. Nothing positive. Take the newspaper, look at the television, listen to the radio. It's just negativity after negativity. It is the season where we are. But right now, you need to tune to heavenly news. There's coming a time where there will not be funeral procession. Hallelujah. We won't bury our loved ones anymore. Are you still with me? It's a breaking of a new day. This day, this night has been longer, has been darker, has been more challenging. It has led to a lot of breaks. Pressure, uncertainty, but don't worry. There's a breaking of a new day. Are you still with me, folks? Brother, we're going to read one scripture. Amen. And after, I will release you. I think it will be in Second Corinthians. Second 
the scripture says we own everything. Oh yes, it's First Corinthians chapter three. Verse, verse 16. Let's start from verse 16. Let's bring it on the screen. Verse 16, 1, 6. Let's read together. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. And if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. Shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise. Therefore, let no man, let no man glory in men. Oh, you are still with me. Therefore, let no man glory in men. For all things are. For all things are yours. Are you here, brethren? He's going to tell you what are those things. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or death or life or death, all things present and all things to come are all. Are we reading correctly, folks? Amen. We own the world. We own life. We own death. We own things that are present. We own things that are to come. All are ours. If death is ours, we can speak to death. If life is ours, we can speak to life. If things that are here of us, we can speak to them. So, at what point do we become defeated? Verse 23, brother. Same. And ye are all Christ. And Christ is God. Hallelujah. So, everything, everything, death, life, things present, things to come, all of them are ours. Brother Brenham is ours, Paul is ours, Cephas is ours, everything is ours. So, I like it when I read it, I say, even death is ours. 
I said, I thought death is of the devil, but the Bible says death is ours. That means we've got a control over it. That means we can speak to death and predetermine its ways. Hallelujah. And for those that have been sick, and have been sick for a long time, it gets, it gets to a point where it's draining to be sick. You go to this doctor, he says this. You go to that one, he says that. You go to that one, he says that. Until this medication causes this problem, and this problem causes... You get, you get what I mean? It becomes a vicious cycle. But this morning, we have come to the church of God. Because life is ours. And death is ours. In your night of darkness, it's a breaking of a new day. And as the church of the living God, mandated by the scriptures, everyone that is sick, we are declaring a healing upon them. Folks, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And when it is morning, we say shalom. Brother Ben said the word shalom, it means good morning. It means it's a breaking of a new day. And this morning I want to say to everyone that has gone through the night, Shalom. I want to say to everyone that has gone through a trial, I say, Shalom. It's not just a greeting, it's an announcement of a new day. It's an announcement of a new season. You are not going to perish in the midst of the night. No, say, there is a S-O-N rising. The rising of the sun brings a new day. And who is the sun? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is rising over your sickness. He is rising over your condition. You are not going back the way you came. This morning I had much better say shalom. Arise and shine. Because the light is shining upon you. Oh folks. Here you are. Unstoppable. How many people we buried because of COVID? You are remaining. How many people died because of accident? You are remaining. How many people perished? You are remaining. You are unstoppable. I say you are unstoppable. COVID didn't stop you. Sickness couldn't stop you. Accident couldn't stop you. You are still here this morning. And you want to tell me you overcame COVID so that you can come and become defeated. You rather have been died. You overcame for a reason. I say you overcame for a reason. The reason you are here, you you fulfill God's purpose. Don't look at the rear mirror of things that went wrong. Bad experiences. Look forward of what is coming. Are you still with me? Brother Abraham says when a Jew meets a Jew and says shalom, it means good morning. It's a breaking of a new day. He says what does it mean? The old day is gone by. The old things have passed by. The old experiences have passed by. The midnight has passed by. It's a new day. And this morning, I came here to say shalom to you. You say, 
Brother Mariba is darker. I say it's darker for a reason. Before the breaking of a new day, it gets more darker. You say things are not going right. I know they are not going right. But they will go right in no time. What I'm looking for you is perseverance. I'm looking for determination. And say, David, just before I give up one more song. Before I give up one more take. Before I give up one more church service. Before I give up one more testimony. I want to get you into the mode of one more. Before I give up, what more can you give? Let me read the scripture one more. Let me listen to the quotation one more. Let me go to church one more. And your one more is going to lead to many more. I say your one more is going to lead you to many more. Your tape is going to lead to another tape. Your testimony is going to lead to another testimony. I am preaching to the infallible people. I am preaching to the invincible people this morning. Imagine, brother Mafagaza, you give up, you're gone, quit, worship and say, done. What are we going to say about your testimony? What are, what are we going to read about? What are we going to tell young ones that are coming after you? What are we going to tell? Job was there on the airship, alone. Even the church disowned him. Many people can't really survive when a church disowns them. It sends them into a tailspin. Brothers came and said, Brother Job, normally such things don't happen to believers. Our God is a good God. You must have done something. The wife was encouraging, but later on the wife said, wait a minute. It doesn't matter what dental hygiene we adopt. Your breath keeps on stinking. Why don't you curse God and die? It was the darkest moment of Job. He was there on the airship. Friends came, said many things. He remained on the airship. But brother, until Job says, I wish I knew where God stayed. And I'll go and knock on his door and inquire at his mouth. He said, young men used to admire my wisdom, but today they look at me and laugh. He had become a skunk of the society. He was alone there on the airship. It was the night, darkest night. But while he was there, God said to him, you know, sometimes when you go through a trial, one of the most dangerous things that you can ever have is to develop bitterness. He developed bitterness. And he, he was not defeated, but he developed bitterness. 
What brought a turning point is when he began to pray for the friends. And when Job began to pray for his friends, God began to hear Job. No wonder, brother, says, when you pray for others, you get much out of it than when you are praying for yourself. While he was on the ship, ship, during the darkest night, a vision broke out. And Job, who was sick, leaped with joy and began to have a jubilee. And they just heard him say, I know it. I know it. What's happened? He broke beyond the midnight line. He broke beyond the sphere of darkness. And saying, I know it, I know it. My Redeemer liveth. Even though the scream worms may destroy this body. But yet in my flesh I know. My Redeemer liveth. What was happening? It was a breaking of a new day. It was a dawning of a new day on Job. Maybe per adventure this morning somebody has gone through the darkest night. Maybe you're on your ash heap. Maybe you've gone through distress. But hear me and hear me now. Hold on. The more you hold on, there is coming a time where everybody will hear you say, now I know it. And the day when you know it, nobody can make you not to know it. Because it will be a personal experience that I've gone through the darkest hour. But weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Your joy is coming. Your restoration is coming. Your deliverance is coming. Satan will never stop it. I say Satan will never stop it. Don't kill yourself. No, I say that's not how your story must end. Your story must end on a higher note. You're a son and a daughter of God. Don't kill yourself. Don't give up at any time. It says you shall overcome. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me than the one that is in the world. And greater is he that is in you than the one is in the world. I'm looking forward to testimonies in this church of men and women that say, I was about to give up, but something say, I cannot give up. I cannot quit. You carry it on against all odds, and you carry it on. It will deliver the result. Every time when Satan says give up, just say, David, this is not how my story should end. This is not how my story should end. I am a Bible of today. Somebody will read about me. And it had much better be a good story, a good testimony. And to you, the church this morning, I say shalom. As we stand to our feet.
Hallelujah. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank thee. We thank thee for this day, Heavenly yes. Father. We have, Heavenly Father, grant us opportunity to come to your house, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There were a better place to go to, but Father, this is an excellent one, Heavenly mm. Father, yes. just to come in contact with you, Heavenly Father. Just like in the Garden of Eden, Heavenly Father, the cool of the day when you used to descend and fellowship with Adam, Heavenly Father. Even today, Heavenly Father, it was such a blessing, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we have opened our hearts and you have come, Heavenly Father, and talked to us, Heavenly Father. This, Heavenly Father, news of the dawning of the new day, Heavenly Father. Father, it gives us a rest, Heavenly Father. We know, Heavenly Father, that when which is perfect when it's come, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we are we are at rest, Heavenly Father. Yes. That's why, Heavenly Father, we will, Heavenly Father, hold on, Heavenly Father, irrespective of the conditions, Heavenly Father. Whatever the devil may, Heavenly Father, bring, we know, Heavenly Father, by revelation, that he is defeated even, Heavenly Father, before a man was formed, yes. Heavenly Father. We are thankful, Heavenly Father, for revealing such Heavenly Father to us, mm-hmm. Heavenly Father. May you, Heavenly Father, strengthen our faith, Heavenly Very Father, because so. we know, Heavenly Father, faith, Heavenly Father, knows no defeat, Heavenly yes. Father. We know, Heavenly Father, faith got strength, Heavenly exactly. Father. When faith speaks, Heavenly Father, the results are bound to happen, exactly. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, this day we say, Heavenly Father, on this hour, Heavenly Father, if, Heavenly Father, there are troubles in this church, Heavenly Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, we declare, Heavenly Father, solutions, Heavenly Father. Is anybody sick, Heavenly Father, in this lighthouse tabernacle, Heavenly Father, we declare healing, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, may the doctors be amazed, Heavenly Father, to say we have planned to do this, but Heavenly Father, this person looks healed, Heavenly Mm. Father. Father, you are our designer of our hearts, Heavenly Father. You know each and every Heavenly Father trial of a person, Heavenly Father. We pray, Heavenly Father, not the trials to go away, but we pray, Heavenly Father, that we shall be overcomers, Heavenly Father. Because, Heavenly Father, we are having you, Christ, Heavenly Father, the hope of glory, Heavenly Father. We commit, Heavenly Father, this preaching to you, Heavenly Father. May we ponder, Heavenly Father, in it, Heavenly Father. Every time, Heavenly Father, when we read, we study, Heavenly Father, we pray for one another, Heavenly Father. Strengthen this church, Heavenly Father. You know our goals, Heavenly Father, for this tabernacle, Heavenly Mm. Father. Let us persevere for them, Heavenly Father, until we can achieve. Virtue has gone out of the pastor. We pray, Heavenly Father, may you, Heavenly Father, fill him, Heavenly Father, with power, Heavenly Father. We pray for more revelation, Heavenly Father, so that, Heavenly Father, he can keep on giving to the church, Heavenly Father. Bless each and everyone that is here, Heavenly Father. Even those that couldn't manage to come, we pray for them, Heavenly Father. Till we meet, Heavenly Father, bless us along the way, Heavenly Father, as you bless our families. All these things we pray, we commit them unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Where's Lise? Lise? To give us a song. And then my daughter will give us a dismissal song. Did you know the Zulu name for Mike? (laughs) 
And I, I was saying to Brother Fred, I said, the talent of Sister Mbanyana went to Lisi, and of Sister Dipada went to Sister Baba. Did you see it? Yeah, one must have their song, another one the song, and then... They <laughs> say, come, come here. Let them give you. You sing one song, they're going to back up. All these people are going to back you. It's not only alone. I party, ask me to get alone. volume because I'm going to Yeah, after you've left... Or now we little go for night tips go and it's a, it's absolutely. Hallelujah. No, what after we after you are done with your song, and then the sneakers out Yeah. God bless you. Is what?
Team. So next time, if Sister Dipad is not here, Sister Dipad is here. If Sister Mpanyana is not here, then you just say, Uli Choko. Ni wunile mazalwani. It does something on our kids. When we believe in them, give them a platform, it does wonders. Aren't they good singers? Yes. I mean, if you close your eyes and just listen on the audio, you'll think, uh uh-uh, this is not a child. Yes. You, those voices are powerful. Man. I wish I could sing like them. But my theophany will sing like them. I- imagine at this age. Take, give them another. Wow, t- so, so, ah, we are blessed. You know, the way you are singing, it will be difficult to leave church. Uh, let's, let's sing one more, and then we are dismissed. Have a blessed week. We love you. We pray for you until we meet you next time. Pray for those that are traveling. Malako on way home. Hey, we we are best singers. Yeah, I we thank God. Let's see. yeah, let's sing one song, and then next Sunday, and then we meet. God bless you. Hallelujah!